I'm Darren Monday. As a leader of your company, you must stay on top of your industry or risk obsolescence. This can be a daunting task. Get ready to solve your biggest challenges and learn how to capitalise on your biggest opportunities. Executives depend on external advisors to fill knowledge and experience gaps, to help them make a case for change, or to have an experienced mind challenge their thinking. Reciproco brings together a wide range of proven thought leaders from around the globe and makes them available to you. Get access to insights, advice and the tools you need to succeed. Learn more at reciproco.co.uk. Welcome to the Strategic Risks Insight podcast brought to you by Reciproco Group. I'm Darren Monday. In these podcasts, I'll be speaking to a number of leaders from across the insurance ecosystem, exploring the impact of digital transformation on the Chief Risk Officer role and how will this influence the evolution of enterprise risk management in the insurance industry. So today I'd like to welcome Hazel Beveridge, Project Director at the Actuarial Policy Team at the Financial Reporting Council. Hi Darren, nice to meet you. So first of all, thank you for um, talking to us today about the impact of digital transformation on uh, the insurance industry and particularly around uh, risk management. Could you just explain to me uh, a little bit about your current role and uh, what your involvement is? So I work here at the Financial Reporting Council in the actuarial policy team and the the part of work that we do for the Financial Reporting Council is looking at the work that actuaries do, thinking about the standards that they need to apply in their work and looking at the risks inherent in the actuarial work both for actuaries and for users. So that's right across the insurance sector and in pensions and investments and other areas that actuaries work. So what I'd like to ask you is, um, can you explain to me a little bit about how regulation is changing in the current environment? We're seeing quite a lot of change in the work that uh, actuaries and auditors are doing and therefore the uh, FRC has to be ready to respond to that. That means that we're involved in, for example, we have an innovation technology group looking at the way that perhaps auditors might be uh, using things like the blockchain or RPA to analyse data in a more efficient manner which will impact eventually into standards and research. Part of that challenge is about technology. So we see firms using technology differently themselves, and then we see the audit and accounting firms coming along, and they've also got access to that technology. And that means, therefore, that the regulator is going to have to catch up or perhaps get ahead of those um, developments. And so we have groups within the regulator and within all regulators trying to look at how best to use information that's available to try and get ahead of the game, to think about which things are risks and how you might react to them before the event. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about uh, digital transformation in in the insurance industry and the implications for it. How do you see this um, unfolding in in the next few years? So there's obviously huge changes going on in the insurance world. Um, If we look at the things that are being insured themselves for a start, you know, you now need to insure driverless cars, which wasn't a risk beforehand. So we've got um, changes in the underlying risks. We've then got new data and new methodologies to be able to work out the pricing and reserving for those risks. Um, and there is a lot of new work going on with uh, that development and, and uh, changing computing power even makes makes a difference to the work that can be done. And um, how, how do you see the, the, the sort of business models evolving in the insurance industry uh, regarding resilience, value and growth in, in this sort of digital age? How, how is that unfolding? I think you see different things happening with different sectors at the moment. There's a change which is yet to be seen what will go on between um, disintermediation versus disaggregation. Um, who is going to be the person that owns the customer in this relationship? Um, I don't think it's clear where that will go. I see 
perhaps more in the personal lines market, a lot more quicker development is perhaps easier. You see in telematics, see things like leak bots in home insurance. Um, but you don't see very much change, for instance, in SME uh, directors and officers, PI cover. It's very standard the way it's always been. And then at the really big end, you've got things happening like uh, Maersk using blockchain for its uh, marine insurance. And we're seeing a lot of startups um, unpacking the value chain in, in ways that uh, have not been envisaged in the past. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's interesting to see that things are actually happening. I've been following this space for a couple of years. And you know, two years ago it was all chat and nothing was going on, but now you actually see firms going to market and creating something. So I just wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, the technologies that we're, we're seeing evolving in the insurance industry. And I wanted to ask you, from a chief risk officer and also from a chief actuary perspective, what sort of um, technological developments do you think uh, they should be considering and reflecting on? So I, I think if you think about the new technologies that are out there, there's a lot more information which can be used by the actuarial and risk teams to assess the underlying risk and to therefore think more carefully about the products that could be designed uh, for the customer, could think more carefully about the pricing that's accurate for those, and to think about the reserving and the capital requirements for products. The difficulty obviously is that we have a lot of data from the past which might not be relevant for the future because the risks are changing, and also we're using new methodologies which haven't necessarily been proven yet to analyse and assess those risks, and there's dangers that obviously come with those. Um, we hear a lot about people uh, inherent bias within modelling, uh, which is, would be difficult to see quickly. Uh, you might therefore end up disadvantaging some parts of your of your um, policyholder grouping. And certainly, we're seeing um, from other regulators' perspective, for example, the Financial Conduct Authority. They have a cross-sector priority looking at data and data ethics and also uh, the FCA have launched their market study on general insurance pricing practices. Um, do you have any uh, points of view on that? Yes, yeah, so interestingly I am the Secretary of the JFAR Forum for the Actuarial Regulators here. The FRC chairs that along with the IFOA, FCA, TPR and PRA and we obviously are aware of the work that each of us as regulators are doing in this space. Uh, the FCA review is looking at general insurance pricing and they came to speak to us about their, their first part of that work which was in motor and household insurance last year um, and they were able to say at that time that they hadn't found any evidence of uh, pricing bias and that they found that actually some of the more granular data, data that was available helped people who were perhaps disadvantaged to get products at that time. And this is all related to the um, citizens advice um, super complaint. Yeah. So um, I thought I'd just spend a little bit of time exploring about uh, the role of the, the the chief risk officer and how perhaps data can can help them think about uh, the new and interconnected type of risks that perhaps they might not have um, foreseen in in, in the past. Um, and how do you do you think um, this this approach might be able to help them in their in their professional careers? I think interesting, most risks are becoming more interconnected now, so there's probably, although there's more data, it actually, it's beginning to show a lot of links. If you think about the globalised supply chain, for instance, everything is very much interconnected, uh, which makes risk really hard to, um, to measure uh, and to, to mitigate against. Uh, the more information, obviously, that you can collect and analyse, at least you're slightly further forward and be able to think about what the scenarios might be. I think there can be a danger though with too much information that you can't see the wood from the trees or you try and build a model 
which is uh, too clever and perhaps actually just standing back and thinking what's the worst case that can happen is a better way of doing it at times. It's interesting you mentioned about uh, internal models there and sometimes uh, chief risk officers are open to criticism that uh, there's a black box and we don't really understand um, how the, the modelling has, has taken place and you know in my view the, 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 the number is the, the starting point for interpretation and for challenge and discussion and it's sometimes the, the, the discussion that follows is, is the real value. Um, what's been your experience of uh, how that's used in the industry? Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. I think communication is the key to, to any of these areas. Um, there's been some interesting work done by the IFOA. There's a working party called the Modelling Uncertainty Working Party, I think, and they have a framework to try and describe uh, scenarios. So rather than just looking particularly at an internal model or an answer that may have come out of a black box, but to try and help explain the situation, think about what if you flex a few factors, how could this change the result? Because often you're working at the very extremes of your model, using, you're trying to estimate things for which you don't have any data. And so it's the discussion between different parts of the firm that I think will really help plan for scenarios. And that's an, an, a narrative scenario is that yeah. it is helped to aim to, to help people think through what the uncertainties are um, in, in the outcomes. Yeah, and you see that as well with the PRA and their stress tests that have come out this summer. Again, they're looking for people to think about the ways that different uh, impacts climate change or stress scenarios could have on their insurance firm, whether they're a general insurer or a life insurer. So this year we saw the revised UK Corporate Governance Code and in particular uh, there's a section around uh, uh, audit risk and internal controls and um, it's imperative on the board to uh, align and provide oversight of the risks and align those to the strategic objectives. And in this world in which we're operating whereby digital transformation is, is turning things on its head, mm. um, that's quite a challenge to, to engage your stakeholders, to improve transparency and also to provide that effective oversight to, to all of your stakeholder groups. So where, where do you see that evolving to and, and what's the next steps? Okay, so I. I would agree that that is a big challenge. Um, it kind of links back to what we talked about in the first uh, in the question before about communication um, and trying to explain um, technical concepts in a non-technical manner because you're trying to engage a, a board decision in that uh, as a as a user of of information you have to make it as useful for them as possible. Um, I put your self out of the technical role perhaps that you might have been as a risk manager and into the non-specialist roles coming in to discuss those those issues. I, I think it's important to think in terms of who, which people within the firm have control over different parts of um, of that digital transformation. You might have ver be relying on very specialists in some teams who are building algorithms and using data to try and create something very specialised but how does that link to the same product that's being sold and do the compliance team understand that for instance. So you've got a lot of linkages coming through that may not be easy to understand. I mean, What do you see as the, the main challenges for, for, for the industry? Um, what are the hurdles that have got to get over? We've heard some, some commentary in, in, in other podcasts about uh, risk aversion, about the risks associated with um, uh, change management, mm -hmm. um, that the, the insurance industry is not willing to um, adapt and experiment. So, wh wh where are you on all of those things? Uh, yes, I. There is a there is a danger where the industry will has its head in the sand a little bit and doesn't want to to come out and and try new things. And sometimes that can be seen as because there's too much regulation or it's too difficult to do those things. 
Um, but I don't think that you can use that as an excuse because otherwise someone else will come along and, and uh, steal your cheese as such. Absolutely. Um, there is definitely room for expansion. Uh, when I, I did my dissertation in this area, I found that it was a lot to do with skills and getting people from outside the industry, I think, to come in and, and kind of um, cross-fertilise ideas because especially in the, in the London market, it seems to be it's a very close-knit community, uh, which gives it a lot of strength, but also can blanker it to what's happening outside. And certainly I think uh, that there are encouraging signs of um, bringing in new skills and capabilities from outside the industry and uh, a willingness to, to change, and perhaps that's being driven slightly by a burning platform, but um, you know, that still requires you to, to, to embrace that. So it's really encouraging to see the, those steps going forward. So final question, with regard to chief risk officers and uh, the challenges that they face in industry, um, there's a lot of focus at the moment around um, aligning to business outcomes, but also about the, the soft skills, the interpersonal skills, communication skills that are required uh, in order to be able to lead uh, some of these major transformation programs. Uh, what, what insights do you have on, on, on that and some of the uh, advice that you might uh, provide to, to chief risk officers? Yeah, there is certainly a lot of change going on in the industry at the moment from digital transformation to Brexit to IFRS 17 and preparations. So the industry is facing a lot of challenges, a lot of um, preparation and, and projects that are really interdependent across the industry. A challenge for the CRO is to work out the balance between business as usual and transformation projects and to uh, manage that risk of taking on too much perhaps being used to being in a small team um, and not having enough resource to take everything on at the same time. And really that can also be a risk which sometimes we don't recognise. Uh, in the actuarial world we've, we've noticed that the pace of regulatory change is, is important and we've identified that in our risk perspective as a key risk as well. So I, I think it is about keeping informed, it's making sure you have an open door to your board, that's to your executives and to your non-execs, and to make sure that um, people are aware of what's happening rather than just turning up at a quarterly board meeting and saying this is the answer, here's my report. It's having almost a sort of daily or, or weekly communication with those people who can make a difference to the work that you need to do. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you very much for your time, uh, Hazel, and um, I'd like to thank uh, Hazel Beveridge, Project Director, Actuarial Policy Team at the Financial Reporting Council. Thank you.